Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Verley, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today we're back in the podcast studio. My voice is a little hoarse from all the screaming and yelling this past weekend at the New York City Marathon. And today is a special episode. We are recapping the Project Purple experience at the New York City Marathon the 50th anniversary of the running of the New York City Marathon. I've got in the podcast studio, program director, Vin Camp, and program Hello, everybody. director, Marcy White with Project Purple. How hey are you? Hey, Marcy. Hey, Vin. Hi. Thanks for joining us on the Project Purple podcast once again. Great to be back, as always. Of course. Love it. So... As I said in the opening, my voice is shot. I don't know if this was a good idea recording this episode two days after the marathon, uh, but I, I probably need another week and a lot of uh, tea with lemon to uh, to get my voice back. But what a weekend it was for Project Purple in New York City. We had 58 runners. We're closing in on almost, I think we'll get there, 400,000 raised. Uh, for this team in 2021, we had some carryovers from 2020. Uh, that was the year that there was not a marathon, but we had some of the runners who had signed up in 2020 who uh, who moved their registration to 21. And then we had a, a bunch of new runners come to us here in 2021 to run the race. But what an amazing weekend for us. We are back. Whew. A sigh of relief. Good to be back. Good to be back, right? So what we wanted to do today on this episode is we just wanted to kind of recap the experience, share with our audience. Uh, this is going to be a quick episode, but uh, give us an opportunity to kind of reflect back on the weekend and just uh, just pretty pretty amazing. I mean, I know we, we were in Chicago. Vin and I were in Chicago about a month ago for the Chicago Marathon, which had a lot of the same feel, but Vin... I, you know, you've been here four years, Marcy, you're, you're on your four years as well. So congratulations to both you guys. I, I know Chicago was like our first big race back in almost two years, but I don't know. It's something about New York. And I know we've said this before on the podcast and I, I've said this plenty of times in person. New York is the Mecca of marathons, right? And I, I feel for us, New York is our longest relationship. Like we were in New York in 2012, which was the other year that it got canceled because of Hurricane Sandy. But I just feel like the testament and, you know, being there and just the the magnitude of New York always seems to be a little bit bigger um, from a fundraising standpoint, also from a, not this year, but from a team running standpoint, usually we have more runners running in a, in a calendar year, the New York City Marathon than we traditionally do with Chicago. This year, we were a little bit lower, but uh, funds raised, we raised more in New York. But there's just something about that New York marathon, I think for us, just since I, maybe because it was always our first big marathon, that makes it kind of a little special. And, and granted, we were back in Chicago and we realized like, hey, these big marathons can happen. But coming off New York, it's like, man, we're really back now. I, I, I think it had that same feeling, you know, I mean, like you said, I have a, a special connection to Chicago personally, because that was my first event with, with Project Purple. I ran it two years later and then being back there this year. So I have that special connection with Chicago, but New York, it really does have a different feel. Like you said, it, it just seems to elevate 
you know, the energy, the, you know, the, our supporters, our donors, our runners, um, the runners were so engaged this year. And I think it was a testament to, okay, we're actually doing this. And everybody was just extremely, from my point of view, extremely happy to be back, you know, from the meet and greet to being out on the course, um, that energy, and not only from our runners, from all the runners that came through, you know, the cheer zones and everything, it just had that different feel to it. Um, like you said, like we are back or, you know, running and these live events are back. And, you know, now let's hit the ground running, you know, into 2022. That's the way I'm viewing this is like, those were like, you know, the pre-games or the pre-season almost. And then next year is going to be, you know, full court press and, and getting back to these full events and live events. So while I didn't get to go out to Chicago, being out in New York City was definitely refreshing on so many levels, not only to see the runners, but just to be back and have some bit of normalcy and the vibes that New York City as a whole gives us off and our runners was so inspiring. Yeah, I think to both of your points, yeah, it is it is pretty wild. Um, you know, it seems like we've gone from, you know, and not to to get into the, the pandemic, but we are, I, I guess, technically, are we still in a pandemic? I don't know if we still are. I guess it depends on what you, what you feel. But I do, though, think, though, when college football started back in the summer, even when we go back to a little bit before that, you know, with the NBA playoffs back in the spring and then actually baseball, but certain stadiums weren't at full capacity. But, you know, I do feel when college football opened its season and, you know, you saw 100,000, 70,000 plus, 100,000 in these various stadiums, like you kind of had an idea like, okay, th like these things were going to happen, right? Like these fall marathons. And then it started to become a bigger buzz. And then, you know, going through, you know, um, Berlin, you know, hitting it first and then London and then Chicago and then Boston. And then, you know, realizing like, wow, like New York is really going to bring it. But then to see the New York, how it brought it, is pretty special, you know. I mean, there, I just watched a video this morning. Uh, it's pretty crazy because uh, New York uh, Roadrunners had a call this morning with all the charities, and there's it's wild. Like there's there were spots on the course where it, the the crowds, and we saw this in Brooklyn, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, you know, they were literally on top of the runners. Like they created like a tunnel almost for for the runners. So just pretty pretty wild how that happens so quickly. And maybe it hasn't been so quickly, but maybe just because for us, like we've been in this thing, you know, this pandemic for almost 20 months. And, you know, this is just different from what we've been doing for the last 20 months. And maybe we forget what things were like before. So, yeah, and I think having, I think also have being it that it was the 50th anniversary, it really stepped that up too and gave it a different level of excitement, but totally agree. All right, so let's get into our weekend. So as I, I said in the opening, uh, we had 58 runners complete the race on race day, 50th anniversary. Uh, there were actually 6,000 charity runners. Total runners for the race was just a little bit over 25,000. All of our runners finished the race, which was great. Uh, we didn't have anyone get injured and drop out. And we had two cheer zones uh, that day. So I was uh, in Brooklyn, uh, right around like mile 11 and a half, almost 12, uh, on Bedford Street uh, with one of our uh, special ambassadors, I guess you would say, Keelan Hodgkins DeMario. I say special because she's, 
I think sleeps, eats, and dreams Project Purple. And then uh, Vin and Marcy, you guys were up on 110th and first, or actually became what became 109th <laughs> and first, uh, which was right around mile like 18 and a half. So let's talk about these cheer zones. Uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I can start you know, since our chair zone was uh, early in the race. And um, I guess the one thing we'll do here is just compare it from years prior. And I guess the years we can compare it to is, you know, the, the years you guys have been here. And so for me, I actually ran in 2019. So I have to go back to like 2018, 2017. Um, you know, Brooklyn has become a real special place for us um, over the years since we started going out there. We didn't go out there um, until about 2015, and uh, it was really a cool experience for us. And you know, I was talking to a couple people earlier in the week. You know, why do we go where we go? And and it's really strategic. And, and you know, our cheer zones aren't designed for anything other than our fans and our runners, in the sense that you know we can get to Brooklyn uh, where we are, at like 11 and a half. Um, and then get to Manhattan fairly quickly um, by taking the subway. And, and you know, that that cheer zone is right off the L, uh, which is easy. The L is accessible off the 456, which is the green line, which actually runs up First Ave. And that can get you back into uh, Manhattan to see your loved one or your family or friends, you know, running the race uh, there in Manhattan. And you can get off on various stops and, you know, see them along the way. So, Brooklyn has become kind of special in that aspect because it does allow our, our family and friends, uh, our runners, our, their, their family and friends, the opportunity to see them multiple times during the day and at different times in the race, uh, which we'll talk about in, in a, a little bit later, um, how that plays out. But for us, Brooklyn's become really special in the sense that we've kind of built some really cool relationships with the the people that reside in that neighborhood. Uh, one gentleman in particular, Noah, uh, who I'll give a shout out here on our podcast, who lives right there in Bedford, where we kind of camp out over the last couple years, uh, has just uh, become a really cool friend, I would say, of Project Purple and is very generous uh, with his uh, his space there in, in Brooklyn and allows us to kind of take over his front of his uh, of his brownstone and uh, has been generous enough to allow us to use his uh, his apartment uh, for charging, for putting our, our valuables and, and even using his bathroom. So just been really cool. And, and you know, say this year, I, I have to say, and I remember running in 19, I mean, the crowds are always really big in New York this year, maybe because of the two years. I mean, the weather was spot on, right? We had perfect weather. I think this is kind of like, I mean, it's hard to remember every year, but I know there's been years where like, it's been good running weather, but not necessarily good spectating weather. And you know, what do we mean by that? Like, you know, if it's a slight breeze and it's partly cloudy, but you know, temperatures are somewhat seasonable. That's that's usually pretty good for runners. Uh, may not necessarily be great for spectating because it could get a little cool, right? Um, but this year, the, the weather was just spot on both ways. Like there was no breeze, right? Uh, very little wind. Um, sun was out. No clouds. Um, you know, and temperature wise, it was only like mid fifties, I think, guys. Right? Like it was like in the mid fifties. So we had excellent weather, but the crowds in Brooklyn were absolutely insane. Now, 
I don't know if the pandemic played anything into this because I know Brooklyn's become kind of a hotspot post-pandemic for people because it gives them a little bit more space. Um, Whereas, you know, people are are trying to avoid, you know, tight living quarters um, where Brooklyn offers that opportunity, you know, to have a backyard and to have, you know, a bigger residence. Um, And where we are kind of in Williamsburg um, affords that, you know, if people can't afford that, you know, it gives them that ability to, to have a backyard, but it was wild, man. The crowds were so big. Um, and the other thing that happened this year that we saw a lot in Brooklyn is like the streets there on Bedford have kind of been overtaken by those outdoor, um, I guess, what would we call those shacks? Eating shacks, I guess you would call them. Dining. Yeah, the dining dining boxes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Dining boxes, right? (laughs) So you know, like the streets were narrow to begin with, and now they become even a little bit more narrower because of these outdoor dining shacks. Um, And so I don't know if that played into the crowds, but like, man, there was one point where it was pretty much. I mean, that street you can go probably ten, fifteen wide on on marathon days in the past. I think if you got like five wide, uh, that was pushing it because the crowds were getting onto the streets and the cops, I guess, were they were trying to police it, but it's kind of hard when you have that many people. It wasn't really a danger for the runners. It was just really cool because it was kind of like this tunnel effect as runners were coming through, um, you know, because the fans were just standing there high-fiving and stuff. So Brooklyn was wild. It was crazy. I will say this in years past that I've been there, you know, it's like this massive wave for like two hours. And then you get kind of those stragglers after that two hour surge this year, the race was a lot different. Um, You know, they had about a 45 minute window in between each wave and the last wave went off at like 1210, I believe. So it was almost like we got a little bit of a surge. Well, we, we got runners in the beginning and it was almost like a trickle. And then we got a little bit of a surge, but it was like the faucet was like halfway. And then it just kind of like slowly paced through. Like we wouldn't get the large groups. The large groups were mostly around the pace groups, which was kind of interesting. Uh, but man, it was just awesome. It was awesome. I mean, I think this year, um, you know, the field was a lot smaller than in years past, but it was probably the best year. And I know we talked about this offline, at least in Brooklyn, and, and we'll talk a bit about it in Manhattan. Just being able to see every single one of our runners, like finding them out. Like we had some runners, and I think we got to do a better job of this. And I'm singling out any runner, I get it, you know, that we were screaming over to them and they were just in the zone and they wouldn't like turn and take pictures. Like we probably have pictures of them, but they're not like looking at us. They're just so in that zone. And I'm not sure if that happened in Manhattan, uh, but we had a couple do that. I think that it happened a few times in Manhattan, but I, I equate that to being at mile 18 in Manhattan. True. And at that point, they just have those blinders on <laughs> and just like, let me get big through. difference. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Manhattan is a different mindset at that point in the race versus where we are in Brooklyn at 11 and a half, where I think people are just like so excited and they're just like so focused on just like trying to go straight. The other big thing that was different this year was we had our bump box. So, you know, we stepped up our game this year uh, for New York and uh, we had our our own kind of uh, MC, I guess, MC equipment. So there was no megaphone in New York uh, for Brooklyn. 
but we had a, a full microphone and, you know, we were able to scream out names, which is actually pretty cool. Um, I think, you know, I, I was, you know, joking with you guys. I think the two things that really got me excited with that is uh, we got the the women's lead pack. I got one of the runners to kind of give me a heads up. They're so super focused. I think she maybe like her thing is like sticking her tongue out and stuff. So she gave me that um, and she ended up finishing fourth, Molly Seidel really badass runner. She finished third at the Olympics. And then, uh, Shalane Flanagan, uh, gave us a thumbs up and started laughing when she came through. Cause I got her to laugh. So it was just pretty wild. And, uh, the, the other big thing for this year was Vin and I were full head to toe and, and satin purple, uh, jacket and pants. Which, I was just uh, going to say, was she laughing at all the noise or with our outfit? Then I don't know. That That's a great question. Only Shalane would know that. And, and and honestly, like at that point, I wasn't up on the ladder. I was down on the race. I was in the street, like literally like maybe a foot away from her when she went by me, but she saw me from a distance and it probably was the shiny satin blue, uh, I said blue, <laughs> purple jacket and purple pants. So I think you and I were pretty hard to miss that day uh, by anyone from any distance. <laughs> and, and, and thank God for the weather because those pants were a little thin, but hey, it, it definitely caught people's attention. Like you said, the boom box was part of it. But I think having that, it, I don't know. I don't know what other charities do, uh, guys, but I think having that and from what our runners have said and other runners, they knew who we were. Even if they weren't running for us, they knew, oh, those are those project people got, you know, project purple people. Like they knew and we stood out and it's something that, you know, they're going to remember us and what we do, you know, because of that, you know, and being a presence there. So definitely had a huge part of it you know let's let's look the look i guess and we walked it that day for sure we, yeah we absolutely well, did. so not only were the runners our runners able to pick us out because of the outfits but we had so many other people coming up to us uh, you know the purple people what are you guys doing we're what organization and charity are you with and then so it kind of was able to cause a lot of talk within the street outside of the runners as well so i thought that was huge a huge plus but now, Dino, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you and Keelan make the news or some headlines? Dancing girl and megaphone guy. Yeah. What was so that about? We we uh, we got tweeted out a couple times or storied out. <laughs> I guess you would say tweeted would be Twitter, but I guess Instagram storied out. Yeah, we were tagged a couple. Well, uh, un unanimous. Well anonymously tagged, I, I should say. Yeah, we were, we, we did not know we were tagged. Uh, the other cool thing was, I guess we made the, uh, national newscast, not that anyone called us out, but, uh, the, uh, that's what it was. Yeah. When the elite women were going through again, we were so close to the runners running by, uh, just cheering them on. And, and it, I guess the two purple outfits were pretty hard to miss. Um, yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. So yeah, that, that was probably another highlight naturally, uh, you know, making the news and having your phone blow up a little bit while after just people sending you these random pics, uh, random video, I should say. And then, um, also getting, uh, Miss Flanagan there to, to, to smile and laugh as she went by, which is always good. So Brooklyn was, was lit. Uh, it was on fire. It was a great day. We got to see all of our runners go through and then, uh, and then we headed up to Manhattan. So with that, let's, uh, let's shift gears and let's talk a little bit about Manhattan for you guys. I know you guys got a lot of fun. We got there late, but I know there was a lot of fun before that. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll start real quick. I, I mean, I don't think it was as party atmosphere as Brooklyn. And I was in Brooklyn in 19. Um, so it is a little bit closer in Brooklyn. So Manhattan's a little bit more spread out, from my opinion. Um, so we weren't really on top of everyone then. And like you said, people are coming and going. I noticed that a lot. Mars was, you know, a lot of people would come, they'd see their runner, and then they'd go try to hop over yes. to fifth you know, to see, to catch them again before they were, oh, I don't know what mile that is, 22, 23, closer to the Central Park. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, spectator turnover, you know, which, you know, it helped us in a sense, because I think we were able to, you know, spot with our system, was able to spot our runners, maybe a half mile or like a couple me- hundred meters away. I had the megaphone hand me down. So I got the, the hand me down megaphone from Vino. So I got to enjoy that in Manhattan this year. Um, but there's no hand me down. There's no hand me down on the megaphone, Vin. You own that thing now. Uh, and it's not a that hand me mine. down. Perfect. It's like, uh, you know, it's the high end of megaphones. Right. Um, Vin rocked but, it. You rocked yeah. that. But being Everyone able Everyone was able to hear you. And being able to call them out from that distance away and being able to see them, you'd see them perk up or smile or be like, Hey, and then start to veer over towards us for the most part and give us those high fives and everything. So it was a little bit more spread out. Um, we did luck out that there was a huge, I think high school or, or I don't even, it wasn't a high school band, but it was a huge band that came over. I mean, maybe an hour or two in and really it elevated the energy that we were able to provide with just the boom box and the megaphone. And they played for about 45 minutes, took a break, paid for another 45 minutes. So it was, it was fun to be there. Um, really spread out at that point where it was, you know, it's mile 18. It, it starts to thin out at that point, which, you know, helped us again in being turned in terms of being able to spot our runners and really, you know, be, you know, up close and personal with them. Yeah, I have to agree with Vin on a lot of that stuff. Definitely the less spectators um, at first I thought was going to be a downer, but it really wasn't because as Vin said, they would come and go see their runners. They would help us out. And then uh, the band across the street was phenomenal. They really picked up the energy and the vibes were, were fantastic. And like Vin said, the runners had no problem seeing us coming right over to us, giving us those high fives. Uh, we had multiple people taking selfies, not only from our runners, but from other charities coming over just to take selfies while they're running this marathon. So I thought that was pretty, pretty cool that they did that. And then um, one other aspect is that I thought it was really cool. The organization now MBA came over and they hung out with us probably for quite a while. And they also had a megaphone. So they were helping us cheer our runners on. And then we just kind of reciprocated and cheered their runners on. So it was really nice to see that, uh, you know, collaboration between the two organizations and cheering on all the runners. Yeah, that's a cool thing about charity, right? I love that you mentioned the MDA. You know, we're good friends with the, the folks over there that run the Muscular Dystrophy Association with their run program. And, um, you know, they've been building, building, building New York and have a, a decent presence in the New York area. So it's great to have them come by. I know we, we saw some folks in Brooklyn um, as well. Um, you know, just supporting charities as a whole. So it's just great. And I I think that's one of the things, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, 6,000 charity runners, that was something I think, you know, Vin, to your point uh, of things being spread out, you know, uh, it was pretty cool. You know, I, 
it, it was a super long day for us, right? Like we were out there for almost 12 hours. Uh, but you know, the, the cool aspect about it is I think with the way that this year's race was with the extension of the waves and the, and the extension of the start times, you really did get to see a lot of charity runners, right? Um, you know, and, and see so many charities being represented versus in years past where, you know, you have that two hour, just like the faucets on full throttle and you don't really get to see all the, 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 the people in the crowd, at least that in Brooklyn, because I feel even at 11 and a half, it's still pretty thick. And again, with the law of averages with 55,000 runners, you know, you're, you're going to have, you know, probably most of the people finish within five hours. So, you know, you're going to have those thick kind of groups from, you know, two and a half hours to five hours, and then it opens up, right? Uh, a bit and it spreads out, but this year was a little bit different because the way the waves were set up and because of the way the race was spread out that you had so many runners coming through, you know, throughout the whole 10 hours, um, you know, six and a half hours for that matter, you know, where you really got to see so many groups represented. So it was really cool. Yeah, it was, there was, I felt like this year I saw a lot more and being able to, you know, to call them out, you know, you see other, mm-hmm. you know, we had friends running for other organizations too, and to be able to spot them as they came through. So it was good to see all the charities out there and, and doing their thing. I think, you know, for all of us, not just us in, you know, in what we do, I think it, it's going to help all the charities, you know, you know, pick it up and, you know, get back on track with what they're doing. It was, it was amazing to see. It was fun. It was, it was fun to call them out because you call them out and, you know, they, they, like I said before, you know, you see the smile on their face and Hey, maybe it gets them through another mile without having to worry about it or something, but it pushes them a little bit further. Absolutely. I, I have to say this, the, the one thing, and you know, again, uh, I've never cheered at 110th because I'm always in Brooklyn. And then I head to the after party, which uh, we, we bypassed this year because of the pandemic, but, you know, getting up there, and, and this is kind of like, I, I asked one of our photographers, I'm like, hey, can you grab this shot? In Brooklyn, we're cheering and the runners are coming towards us. And then we're kind of on the crest of a hill. So you, the runners are running kind of downhill to you, right? So you don't really see the runners, unless you go into the middle of the street, which is kind of hard from our vantage point. And, and there's trees in Brooklyn over there too, which makes it kind of a little bit difficult. So you don't get to see like that depth perception. Mm-hmm of the runners coming at you. Now, if in Brooklyn, if you turn around, you, you know, Bedford's kind of a little bit of a downhill. You can see, you know, the heads, you can see thousands and thousands of people for, for almost a mile. In New York, it's that total different perspective because it's, you're uphill. First is actually a slight, it's not like a huge incline, but you know, it's, it's kind of a little bit of an incline, but where we were at 109th, like you could see so many runners in the distance coming mm-hmm. towards you, right? And so that was like the coolest thing I have to say from that vantage point being there. And I, I think I told one of our photographers, I'm like, hey man, can you get like a really cool picture? You know, and the sun was starting to set. I'm like, you could still see heads bouncing coming towards us, you know? And I think one of them went out there on the ladder and took a picture down, you know, looking at the ladder. Um, it's just kind of really, really cool perspective. Um, of just really the race and all the runners, which is really cool up there at 110th. Yeah, it's a, it's a good area, um, you know, for being able to spot. And like you said, that area, you know, we could see, 
you know, when we were setting up, we could see the lights coming from the lead group. We could see, you know, the, you could see almost when each section was going to start coming through. So there is that nice vantage point from there. Yeah. Pretty special stuff. All right. Let's talk a little bit about our team. Uh, so, you know, what are some things, you know, with our team? I mean, I, I guess I can start on this and if you guys want to piggyback, um, you know, I, I think it's just so special because we had a we had a, such a good mix of like alumni of people who have run for us in the past, and then we had some new runners. And the other aspect of this is so, as I mentioned in the beginning, we had twenty twenty runners that you know have been with us, um, and then some twenty one runners. I think the one thing for me and, and Vin, I know you've been on all the Zoom calls, you know, with this team, you know, since we did this starting back in, you know, March of 2020, you know, it was just kind of wild that like we had some runners, you know, that were on, you know, Zoom calls for almost 20 months. So it was just kind of special for me. I mean, um, and, and some of those 2020 runners, you know, that kind of stuck through it. Um, I think the other cool aspect, at least for me, um, you know, was that a lot of these runners continue to fundraise, you know, they, some of them hit their goal in 2020 and they just continue to fundraise in 21. Like they didn't need to, um, which was really, really special. Yeah. I felt like they, the same thing being on all those calls, it was, you know, that, that anxiousness of starting, you know, and actually, actually having it happen, um, was big. And I think, you know, I think all that emotion came out, you know, for, different for every person on the course. But I think it all, it came out, you know, as, you know, they passed you or as they passed us up in Manhattan and, you know, you could see it on their faces almost. I'm getting a little goosebumpy here, but you, know, you could see it on their faces like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing this for, you know, whoever they were doing it for, why, you know, some people weren't affected. They just wanted to support our mission, you know, and you could, you could see it and the, the joy on their faces is one thing I'm going to take away from this. Um, as they were coming through mile 18, which obviously again is you know pain cave starting up right there. Um, but you could see them that almost just go away when they came through the Manhattan zone and be like, you know, in that state of, I don't want to, you know, maybe euphoria or whatever it is. Um, if, so it was special. And I think it was a, a, an accumulation of, you know, the months that you know, they were waiting to do this and then, you know, seeing familiar faces, um, and knowing that they're they, that they're doing it and they're going to finish it. And like you said, everyone finished, which is amazing. Um, you know, and something special to be said. Yeah. I felt so privileged to get to go out there, meet and greet all of the runners that I did see. And I have to give it out to them. They all finished. And the one thing that I noticed was just the um, interaction between the runners themselves and then the runners and us. It was just mind blowing to see them all out there. And again, I think it was just so relieving for everyone to have some part of normalcy again in their life. And the fundraising that they've done is outstanding. I'm blown away. They did an amazing job. Absolutely. So proud of each and every one of them. Pretty hey, special. I think, you know, you touched on it, Mars, uh, you know, and you know, them, the raw runners actually becoming a family in a sense. And I, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the, the time that they were waiting to do this, but I feel like this year we saw a little bit more than usual, at least from my perspective of, 
you know, people taking pictures with other people or, oh, I saw another Project Purple runner in the Stargate or on the course and they would take mm-hmm. a picture with them. I just, I noticed that a lot more this year than in years it, past. So it was. Yeah. And I also good. noticed they were also sharing stories of, yeah. you know, why are you running? Why am I running? And I know it's a little of that in the past, but this year I feel like it was, uh, you know, on a different level. Special stuff, uh, as I've said, and I, and, you know, maybe this year, you know, with everything that, that went down, um, you know, a lot of these things were able to kind of percolate and, you know, you know, happen because of the, the situation, right. Because of the, the pandemic and, and, you know, not being able to go out and do these large scale events and, and, you know, having this thing, you know, just happen the way it did kind of organically in a way because of the pandemic is really cool. All right, last thing here. Anything special uh, about this weekend? And and with this, we'll go ladies first. So Marcy, what was kind of yeah. like the special thing for you with uh, with the marathon weekend? Oh, to pinpoint one special thing, um, I think I kind of already touched base on it. Just the interaction, the energy that the runners brought. You know, I also noticed it seemed like uh, we had a, some runners on our team as well that were either father, uh, sister-in-laws or mother-daughter, and it was really cool to see them come together and do something together, and uh, or the supporters that came out to, to see them. I always love and take home a little piece of every runner and or their story with me to kind of just motivate me to keep, you know, doing what we do here back in the home office. Cool. Ben? Um, I think I touched on mine too. I think you know, it was just the smiles, you know, the genuine, you know, heartfelt smiles of each and every runner as they came through. Um, you know, really, you know, touched me and you know, it's something that will sit with me. I can almost see their faces now looking back as they came through. You know, you see them like notice you and then they get that little whether it was like a smirk or whether it was a huge smile, you know, that just seeing that this year you know, was really, really special. And again, I think it's, you know, with that layoff and then being back in New York was special. And, you know, my 1A, you know, Marcy mentioned would be like, you know, um, Kristen and Anna running through it together or, you know, Lisa and, you know, and Kate, mom and daughter running in through it and finishing together. And, you know, having that moment, um, you know, if they were with somebody, you know, having that moment to finish and, you know, for whatever reason they were doing it for and, you know, be able to share that with, you know, a loved one like that is, you know, something that you can never, you know, replicate, so to say. Yeah. Those, you guys brought up some great things. Um, you know, mine can sound a little bit different, um, but also tie into that. I, I, I think, you know, for me being part of, uh, you know, being the founder CEO, I've been with this thing since day one. Right. So, you know, twofold, as I said in the beginning, like, yeah, we went to Chicago, but and, and, and Chicago is an amazing race, but for me, we started in New York and, and to have like New York happen, like is really just a testament that, yeah, we are back, man. Like this thing's back. Like it looks a little bit different, but we're back. Um, and so for me mentally, that was like a big hurdle to get over that, you know, I wouldn't say the pandemic's over, but you know, things, things have turned around. Right. And, and we've seen that here. Um, and also, you know, with that, on that same note, you know, being involved in this marathon since 2012, for me personally, 
and, and I've got a kind of a different lens than both of you guys. Um, you know, seeing so many friends on the course and, and you guys know, like we've created a name and, you know, people know us now. Right. And so for me in Brooklyn, I had so many people stop, uh, that I knew that weren't affiliated with project purple, but I've met through the years of the charity program, um, and being involved in the charity program and being part of the New York marathon was just really special, man. And, um, I think, you know, that the stories that we had on our team, Vin, to your point, you know, so many runners, you know, I had, you know, a big inspiration to start Project Purple was because of what I was going through personally. And I wanted to give that to other runners, um, you know, the, the gift of running and, you know, not being able to do that in the way that this was founded was really tough over the last 20 months for me mentally. And, and to be able to see our runners do that. And you mentioned a couple of names, you know, of people who had had lost, you know, a loved one during this time frame was just pretty epic, man. This is why we do what we do. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just pretty amazing. And, and, you know, I think if people get this, then you understand this. I mean, the media has been a really negative place for the last 20 months and I'm not trying to become political or, or say anything. I mean, this pandemic has been real, but uh, I, I think you can get caught up in the news. You can get caught up in the media, even myself. Like we went down and you guys heard me say this, you know, like I didn't know, I haven't been in New York since March of 2020. I was expecting, you know, uh, riots, robberies, attacks, and we didn't see any of that, right? We didn't see a lot of people, but we didn't see a lot of homeless people. It was, people were kind, people were very generous. Um, and I think when you think of a marathon and what people do from all walks of life and all sorts of disabilities and all sorts of causes to do that. And now granted, we saw that in Chicago, but again, no, no disrespect to Chicago, but to see it happen in New York where, you know, was the epicenter of COVID and, you know, uh, the epicenter, epicenter of what's been happening, you know, worldwide, you know, for the pandemic and epicenter for what's happening here, you know, domestically with, you know, just violence and crime and to not see any of that. And I'm not saying that stuff doesn't go on, but to just see people be kind and to be resilient and regardless of your orientation, your race, your religion, the color of your skin and cheer and accomplish something so amazing is really freaking awesome, man. And so that to me, like was just so special to see like on that magnitude and, you know, all the people coming out to cheer is just really special. So, you know, I guess in closing, I'm, I'm a little long winded there, but for me, the marathon as a whole is just so special and, and it just shows how good humanity can be. Um, and maybe we need to strive to have that feeling every day. And so um, that to me was just so special. Yeah, it was definitely nice to not be around TV or any kind of social media for that 12 hours or however long we were out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really special. So... What's next for us? So we uh, we hit the reset button and uh, and you know we celebrate this uh, this journey here, which was awesome. Hats off to our team, to all the supporters, and now we uh, we move forward into November. We've got plenty of events happening here in November for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. We got World Pancreatic Cancer Day happening on the 18th. 
We've got our push-pull program. We've got our virtual turkey run happening on Thanksgiving, which you can still take advantage of. And then we've got our marathons next year. We've got six marathons and half marathons already locked in. We'll be back in New York for the half. We'll be back in New York for the full. We'll be back in Chicago, Grandma's, Lincoln, uh, Berlin, and London so far. So, and, and there's probably going to be a couple more to follow. So we're excited. Um, and if you want to learn more, visit our website, projectpurple.org. Uh, just click on marathons and, and you'll see all the races listed. Um, so we're ready to go. And we've got our golf outing happening in June of 22. So we've got a lot of great things happening. So a lot of fun and exciting things looking forward to the future. Vin? Yeah, you can take, you can take a little bit of a break, you know, rest your voice, <laughs> maybe take a nap here or there. But, uh, you know, like I, I think we've said it in the past, you know, after New York, there's that little bit of a day where we get to recover, but then it's, you know, pedal to the metal again. And yeah, it's, that's the way we work. That's the way we roll. And I think it's going to be a great year coming forward. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe half a day, then. Maybe half, half a day. I'm still on a high from New York. Let's go. No breaks. Yeah. Just keep it Dive going. Right in. Keep it we going. Got lots of fun stuff coming up. I mean, let's just keep it going. Exactly. Exactly. Just keep rolling here with the punches. Well, Vin, thank you for all you do for Project Purple. Thank you, Marcy, for all you do for Project Purple. And uh, we cannot wait till 2022, bigger, better, and brighter. And I want to thank you guys for uh, spending some time here with us to talk about your experiences with New York. Thank you at home for listening. Uh, this has been a special episode recapping our New York City Marathon 50th anniversary team. If you like what you hear today, feel free to share this episode and feel free to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. Yeah.